So I was, um, I was listening. I've been, we've all been listening in this season of uh, COVID and seeing the destruction, because that's what it is. That's the uh, pandemic and a shutting down of things and seeing political parties rally and there's just things moving in the earth. It doesn't feel normal. It doesn't feel, people are talking about a new normal. They're talking about in, in the earth, funny enough, the terms they're using that I hadn't thought of till this minute is the great reset. They're using those words. And isn't that something? Yeah. Holy Ghost, I hadn't thought of that. Because we've just had a reset in the spirit. Yeah, yeah and I, I hadn't thought of that before. But it's the, the, the clouds are rolling in. Yeah. And um, none of it feels normal. It's, it's, it's um, a very ominous thing to feel, to experience what we've felt the last year, to see how the world has so easily come under a dark cloud and all of it at once. And, you know, the world never felt that before like it has this way because we're such a global village. And so there's come great dis-ease. And um, I believe our church has just stood in faith. I don't believe that we've succumbed to any of it. But we, can, we have eyes to see and we have natural ears to hear. We can see what's going on in the world around us. And as I was just talking to the Lord about it, um, he just dropped. A message into my heart. It just came in like three flashes in about three seconds. It landed in my heart. And he wanted me to teach that to you tonight or preach or however he comes. But the name of the message tonight is Jesus said, fear not. And what he brought to me was Mark chapter four. Go with me to Mark chapter four, verse 35. And this is the famous story where they're crossing the lake and Jesus is asleep in the boat. And he's crossing with the disciples. And just let me read. I'll start at verse 35, Mark 4, verse 35. It says, that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, I'm reading from another version. I'm not reading from King James. It's New International. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. And a furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat. Now, you had to know when they left the shore, it was peaceful. It looked fine, right? right? And so all of a sudden, it says a furious squall. Waves build. The wind picks up. And it nearly swamped the boat. So it's not, this is not a false alarm. This is alarm. This, the waves are large, and it almost, it, it says here right in the word that it almost took the boat and, and put it under the waves. They were almost done for. And Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. And the disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? What a question. Wrong reaction, by the way. But it was a natural reaction. And so he got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And they were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Now, we read this story and it's a good story. This is a great story. It has so much symbolism in it. And for a lot of us, that's all that remained 
was a story with great symbols and how wonderful Jesus is, and he is. But there's principles in this story that are for right now. They're for right now, this season. At the dawning of this year, when we took off from the shoreline, there was not a cloud in sight. That's right. We were, we were prepared for Hebron. This is Hebron year. This is 2020. This is the year of the takeoff. This is the year. This is the one we've been longing for. We didn't see any signs of trouble whatsoever. But in a moment, I believe I remember my awakening to it March 16th when they did a lockdown. The kids were coming home from March break. And all of a sudden, they were going to add another week. And I remember thinking, Quinn's going to be happy about that because he's in a different school and he was going to get one week and now he's going to get two. And that's honestly what I thought of it. But there was an awakening to, oh, there's trouble. And of course, as the year went on and we began to see destruction, great fear. So this is a storm that's come against our boat. And all of us know this. But listen. Jesus is in the street. He's sleeping. We know this. He's with us. He's with us. And they said to him, this is the natural reaction when things bother us, when things look furious. This is a furious squall in this translation. This thing is angry and it's threatening. Every every part of their well-being is threatened. If you're on a boat, the worst thing that can happen to you is that boat be swamped. What is carrying you, what is keeping you dry, what is keeping you safe is submerged underneath the waves. And now this storm that was around you is now engulfed you. You're in the waves and whatever's in that water, you're with it. I mean, this is severe danger. And not only that, as human beings, we can't live underwater. And it's only so long that we can swim without a boat. And so this is dire. And just think about this. If you were out in the ocean tonight on a boat and there's huge waves. It does not seem unreasonable to say to Jesus, if it was, you know, translated to right now, if he was there physically, which he's not, but if he was with us physically and he has the power, it's not unreasonable for us to go and wake him up because he's sleeping and say, teacher, don't you care if we drown? This is not the beginning of the storm. It looks like we're going to drown, and why don't you care? Why is your set of actions sleeping? Why are you doing that when there's that? Why are you calm when we're about to die? Don't you care? Don't you care? And this is, it sounds, we look, we look, you know, years later looking back at their story because we're, we, you know, we love the fact that Jesus is in the boat, and we're quick to criticize and say, well, yeah, he was right there. Like, why didn't they believe? Well, my question to the church by the Holy Ghost is, you're in a storm. And if you respond with the natural reaction of God, don't you care? If you respond with, we're about to drown. If you respond with, the world as we know it is done. If you respond with depression, if you respond with fear and distress like they were in that boat, it's a natural reaction. But let me tell you, it is repulsive to God. Jesus got up and what did he do? He immediately went into action doing what they were supposed to do because he's modeling for them. Don't ever forget, Jesus didn't just come to die. He came to live amongst us and he came to show us how to act. Yeah. 
He came to show us how to respond to the storm. When there is a storm that is coming against the church, that is coming against us personally, as the Spirit of God comes upon us, we are to stand in the front of that boat. We're to talk to that storm. See, Jesus is talking, and he's saying, hush. In other versions of this, he's saying, shut up. Be silent. And okay, so we're not facing wind and waves, but I would say this, as a church, we are to speak prophetically into that storm and say, shut up, be quiet. Now, some people think that automatically means that it's got to be that there's not a trace of this left, and it can include that. But let me tell you something that it also includes. It includes the quiet, the peace, and the hush of your spirit in your home, in your domain where you live. You are not allowed by the Holy Ghost. He said this to me. You tell them. When I told them to fear not, it was a command. And I told them to fear not because there is another realm. There is another realm for them to walk in. They're, they feel and see certain things. And if their attention is on that so much, they will react in the natural so much that they will not have answers. He said, as you notice, he said, when the disciples spoke to Jesus, they, there was a question. They didn't say, Jesus, get up and rebuke this thing. They didn't seem to know anything about the actions that, that were required in dire circumstances, but Jesus knew. And he immediately got up and he modeled for them and he modeled for us what to do when there is a serious life-threatening storm. And so we sometimes don't understand how that storm will attack us. We know how to stand in Tornado Alley and if there's a windstorm coming, I think all of us would know to stand there, to raise our hands, pray in the Holy Ghost and rebuke that thing and expect that whatever that is, it goes around our property. But how much more do we take these instructions, shut up, be silent into our life? And what about this when Jesus, he, Jesus said to his disciples, just think about this. He's right there witnessing it with them. He's seeing their alarm. He's seeing what he just rebuked. And he says to them, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And the only way that it is reasonable for Jesus to ask this question when it is obvious why they are afraid is because he was teaching them about another realm. He was teaching them how to enter into another realm. He was teaching them about their dominion and authority because they belonged to him. He was instructing. He was showing. He was healing. He was casting out devils. He was slipping through the congregations that wanted to stone him. He was answering the Pharisees. He was doing mighty works. He was speaking under a heavy anointing. And when the storm arose, it was repulsive to him that those that belonged to him that could have entered into the rest and the peace and the dominion that was given to them, they could have turned from the storm inward into the dominion that was given to them. And what did they do? They spoke like unbelievers. They spoke because they expected him to do all the work. They accused him immediately. When there's an accusation... In the request, and there's blaming God, that is nothing but fear, and that is defeat. 
That's defeat. God does not mind. He actually wants. We've taught on this a lot in the last little while about turning to God, supplicating before the Lord, being quiet before God, trumpeting tongues before God. But what we have to realize is that when Jesus said, you shut up and you be quiet, that in our domain, in our boat, in our life, we are to exercise complete authority. And yes, there are things that are uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable with that storm. That storm was not comfortable. Those elements beating the boat, driving water into the boat. You know what it's like out in a wind and a tempest? The boat is going nuts. The wind is beating you. You can't see the shore. And everything in you hates the way that it feels. But when you learn that other realm and you turn into that realm, that other realm causes you to stand up and rebuke the storm. It commands you to stand up. It causes you to teach others. Why are you so afraid? Why is your faith still so small? It's an unreasonable question. If there is nothing, if there is no provision given to the believer. That is an unreasonable question. But Jesus was teaching them something. He said, have you still no faith? Is your faith still small? And here we encounter the world as we know it changing in many ways. But Jesus said that we have dominion and that we are never to be afraid. And the answer to it is faith. The answer to it is real faith. The faith that comes out of spending time with God. The faith that comes out of that realm. That is why we're anchored. Mere mortality cannot stand up to the storms of this planet. We don't have it in us. But Jesus, when he's with us, when he's teaching us, when he's giving revelation to us and speaking to us, do you notice that in the beginning of this year, God spoke nonstop? God will always speak in times of distress. He's speaking all the time, but I'm just telling you, when there's dire circumstances, when it feels like your life is threatened, any time that we have found, Craig and I, where there has been, it has been the hottest season in terms of the fire at our feet of the enemy, we have found that God has rescued us. God has communed with us. There's been a sweet presence. There's been a complete surrendering of our will, knowing that so we stepped out knowing that if the word didn't save us and we knew that it would, that if the word didn't act, that we were not going to make it. We were not going to make it. But in that place of surrender, there is a sweetness like no other. When the hell, when hell beats on the Christian and they stand there unmoved on the word of God and the storm is coming, remember what he said, if you build on a rock, Sometimes you feel like all you've got, you don't have examples. You don't have success stories around you. You've never done this before, but you are standing on the rock. And you know that nothing, unless God shows up, you can't make it to the other side. You can't make it through that storm. There is a sweetness in that surrender because you know that God will come. And in that place is great divine answers. And I'm telling you, the Lord has shown me in the spirit that in the days ahead, that we will face things. We, this church will face things on a national level and it will take God. If God doesn't show up and he will, he will come like a flood. But if God doesn't show up, we don't have the strength to do it. Just like Joshua couldn't take the land. We couldn't take the land. There's things ahead that, that opposition that will come. But because when their voices and the furious squall raises up, 
Because we learn to be like Jesus. What was Jesus doing? First of all, he was resting. He was sleeping the sleep of a spiritual man. That rest and that sleep is for you because you know God. You know God because you spend time with God. When it's time to rest, Even in a serious storm, you are found resting. And I believe that this picture of a spiritual person in this season, when there has been a furious storm, we have been found resting. We have not been found rehearsing in fury. We have not been found distressing. We have not enjoyed or liked this storm, not at all. But we have said, hush, mind, you hush. Tongue, be quiet. We're not going to participate in the groanings and the sighings of the world around us. Our boat is going to make it to the other shore. And let me tell you, our boat, this congregation is going to the other side of this storm. And Jesus, we don't want him saying to us, have you still no faith? Have you still no faith? I've, sh- I've talked to you. I've, in- I've shown you. I've encouraged you. I've modeled it for you. And, and they said this, they recognized the rebuke from the Lord and they received it. And then he says, it says they were terrified, but it says they were awestruck as well. And they asked, they conversed with one another, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. And in the days ahead, we are this people where we are awestruck because we are so aware of who he is and that every element, every storm, has to listen to him. Every storm that we stand up in, our dominion against, it has to cease. Yes, some of them stay for a while, but we are being schooled in the school of the spirit. Listen, I want to tell you something. I'm going to take you to this passage. Turn with me to, um, let me see. Turn with me to Luke 21. I want to read you something. Luke chapter 21, verse 25. Let me tell you the words that came out of our master's mouth. We are in the end days. We read the verses ahead and we think we understand what it all means. We think, you know, we hear verses like, and gross darkness will come on the planet. And we think, oh, you know, there'll be more fornication. There'll be more adultery. There'll be more this. There'll be more that. We think in broad terms, but we have no clue what the days ahead really look like. But we do know this. Our God is with us. Our God is so with us. Our God is telling us in the middle of whatever this earth throws at us that we're supposed to have not a shred of fear, that we're supposed to be speaking and taking dominion over storms, that when our enemy comes against us because of that bubble of the blood of Jesus, that Holy Ghost, ah, presence with us that we can overcome it all. This is the might that is going to be required. These last days, it's not just they're going to carry on as we're going to be perfect, perfect, perfect. Oh, and then the Antichrist is going to show up. That's not how it works. We are cluing up. We are cluing up the end of days. We're so focused and we should be completely focused on the mighty revival that's coming. But don't forget what Jesus said would be happening in the world. Your job, congregation, is to facilitate, to host him until you know that other realm so much that when, if they chuck you in prison, you'll sing 
in the midnight hour, and God will give the place an earthquake and take you out. You'll be found preaching in the synagogue. Do you understand me? These are supernatural things. When Brother David comes and talks about the cartel in Mexico coming against, you know, all everybody, not just the church, but the whole population is owned by them through fear and violence. We are entering into a time, I'm not saying that we live there. I'm just saying whatever it is, saints, we have to allow God to make us warriors for him because he's going to do the work. It's not about you. It's about him. And it's about you yielded to him. This is what Jesus said, Luke 21, 25. And there will be signs in the sun and moon and stars and upon the earth. And he's talking about that time. And he's also talking about it's multifaceted. It's an end time as well. And he says, and there will be, and upon the earth, there will be distress, trouble and anguish. Does that sound familiar? Of nations in be bewilderment and perplexity without resources left wanting, embarrassed, in doubt, not knowing which way to turn at the roaring and the echo of the tossing of the sea. See, we don't know what that looks like, but this past year has been this. It has. All of the humanity entering in with all their arguments and fears and doubts and conspiracies and realities, it's all this big puddle. And it's, he says, men swooning away or expiring with fear and dread and apprehension and expectation of the things that are coming on the world. And we thought that we knew what this looked like, and we don't. For the very powers of the heavens will be shaken and caused to totter. Things that have always been, that have always stood in their place, they'll move. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with great transcendent and overwhelming power and all his kingly glory, majesty, and splendor. Now when these things begin to occur, and this is what I want you to focus on, look up, look up, look up and lift up your heads. Why? And this is glorious church because your redemption and your deliverance is drawing near to you. It draweth nigh. And this is where our eyes have to be. Yes. When Moses walked through Egypt and those people were there, when God's deliverance showed up, the wealth showed up, the healing showed up, the power of God showed up. You understand, they were in a hostile nation that regarded them as nothing. And I say nothing, not just because they were slaves, but at a time in history, they killed their children. Oh, there's too many of them. Kill them. They regarded them as nothing. Nothing. They weren't just workforce. They weren't just slave laborers. They didn't matter. And when, they, when, when Moses walked in, they mattered to God. When he walked in, it wasn't just a few things and out they came. There was the magnificence of God. They had a hostile king that was used to winning, that was the glory of the earth at that time, that had chariots and horses, that had might, that had a scorn for God and had other false gods. They had it. And then, and then in walks Moses, like a burning light in the middle of a dark place. I mean, a dark, dark, dark place. It was filled with the demonic. It was filled with the demonic, and it was filled with slavery. It was filled with the horrors of that life. 
And he walked in and God did something magnificent. Listen, if Pharaoh could have had them killed on the spot, I'm sure he would have. But they had to know. They saw God working. They saw the plagues coming that it took this mighty God and the mouth of that man to turn it off. They understood something awesome. They hated God, but they understood that a power that they had not encountered before was stronger than them. And so going forward, we are about to engage. We're going to see a great and a mighty revival come on this planet. And God is building. I believe he's going to build from this time forward. He's going to build momentum that will take us into a full-blown Revival in the years to come. And it will be extended for some time. It will, there will be an extension of it. And then there will be an ushering in of the rapture first. Thank you, Jesus. You're always first. And then a tribulation like the world has never seen. But for the days ahead, you are to look up. Do you hear me? God said this. He dropped it in my spirit like a burning fireball in my stomach. He said, you tell my church. He said, they are to engage me. They are to look at me. They are to talk to me. They are to counsel with me. And he said, I will pour out my glory. He said, I will be that burning fire. And he said, I will be the cloud. He said, the cloud will protect. It will guard. It will hide. He said, and at other times, he said that my fire will so light up this mighty force. He said that others will see it and be aware that the glory of God is with his church. And that even though they want to destroy them, they cannot. Even though they pursue them, they are consumed by their own vices. They are consumed because they chase after and hate the children of God. And so there will come a reverence of sorts in the secular world that will try to contend with God's holy church in these last days. And I'm telling you, church, you've read about some of it, but you've never seen it. You've never seen the glory that he's going to pour on his church. You've never seen it. You've had times of drought. In a sense, our life has been a drought. We've not been raised in revival. We've not been raised with the elements of revival all around us. But there is coming a revival that no one has experienced. No one has ever seen what is about to come on planet Earth. And if you think that this pandemic, if you think that this is the big thing, it's just, it's setting a stage. It's part of it. We don't know the fullness of it. But in the days ahead, our new normal is Jesus Christ. The Ark of the Covenant, the Ark, we go into that Ark, you understand me? We go into that place and we are completely sustained. We are not, listen, let me, let me read you this. It says this, it says, even so, this is verse 31, when you see these things taking place, understand and know that the kingdom of God is at hand. Yes. So while these things are taking place, They may be taking place, but that's nothing to you. You're going to understand and know what the kingdom of God is doing. He says it right here. Understand, spiritually, understand and know that the kingdom of God is at hand. And he says this, the sky and the earth, the universe, the world will pass away. But my words will not pass away. What an anchor, church. What an anchor. None of him changes for us. He just grows brighter and brighter in our spirit. Spirit, And he says, but take heed to yourselves and be on your guard. Lest your hearts be overburdened. Does he know the human race? Does he know us or what? Lest you put yourself on guard. Lest your hearts be overburdened and depressed. 
weighed down with the giddiness and headache and nausea of self-indulgence and drunkenness and worldly worries and cares pertaining to the business of this life. Some people will quit. Some people will medicate. Some people will do anything to turn off the distress and the depression that, this is, that they've encountered in this time and what's coming ahead. But he says, don't do that. Guard your hearts. And he says, lest that day come upon you suddenly like a trap or a noose. Don't fall for that. That's what he's saying. He said, for it will come upon all who live upon the face of the entire earth. It's coming anyway, church. It's coming on the whole earth. Tribulation like the world has never seen is coming on the entire earth. But we have an ark. We have an ark. God says, don't be distressed. Don't be depressed. Look to me. I am the ark and I will deliver you. My power will deliver you. Do you understand? He's not asking us to endure. He's asking us to walk forward with that scepter of power, the rod of his power, the rod of his dominion, so that when we walk up to a Red Sea in the future that we act like Moses, that God talks to us, we talk to him, and then we know exactly what to do, and he does the miraculous? Do you understand that we're the ones that are going to stand on the banks and look back and watch the waters go over our enemies and the very traps and deaths that they had set for us will now come and take them out? Do you understand that we're the ones on the banks like Miriam that has a victory song that takes the tambourine or the tam whatever it is, the tambourine and sings a song unto God and says the horse and the rider are thrown into the sea because they'd never seen the likes of it. They'd never seen anything like it. And they didn't see it coming. They didn't see it coming. And we have been talking about the revival, but we all understand until it shows up, we're kind of just, we're waiting. We're waiting. We know it's coming, but when it comes, there will be a Pharaoh. Sure. There will be the enemies of God's people. And you're not to pay it any attention. Your snake, <laughs> your rod that you throw on the ground will overcome the occult that tries to do the same thing. Do you understand? You will overcome political powers. If they chuck you in prison because you've You've done your spiritual activity because you've been with God, because you're spiritual. You'll worship at night. You'll be like Paul that said, I know how to be abased. I know how to be abased. Oh, we're chucked into darkness here. Does it feel good? Absolutely not. But I have a kingdom that I live in that I know how to access. Come on, Silas. Let's sing. Let's sing. There's absolutely nothing better that we can do in the darkest place in COVID-19 than sing and sing and sing to our God and sing. And you know what he's going to do? He's going to bring us out with a shout. He's going to bring us out with an earthquake. He's going to bring us out preaching and teaching the gospel. And we are going to be glorious because he's in us. We're not glorious, but he's glorious. He makes us like him. He makes us shine. He makes us shine. Stop being confounded by what's coming on the earth. Yeah. It is the time of the end. Yeah. And while there is so much light in, in God and the joys of what's, what he's going to do in us, don't look at the world. We're, we're, everything is coming to a head. And we are to live our lives full of God, full of the Holy Ghost, full of his work, overcoming the enemies on our faces before him when we come up against Jericho. But we'll know what to do yeah. because he's with us. 
the world is going to come to a close. Life is not going to continue forever. We are that generation that's going to close this thing out. If God, if Jesus is saying, fear not. If Jesus is saying, don't be distressed. Don't be depressed. Look to me, lift up your heads. Your redemption draws not. Well, that's going. While it's coming for everyone on planet earth, you're the exception. You've got my hand on you, with you, and in you. You are to live, really truly live in the days ahead and to know my glory. Glory to God. Keep awake then, verse 36, and watch at all times by your spirit. By your spirit, be discreet, attentive, and ready, praying that you may have the full strength and ability and be accounted worthy to escape all these things, and we will, that will take place and to stand, now listen to this, in the presence of the Son of Man. And that's in that glory realm, but as you know, Jesus walks this earth today. He shows up. He shows up in services. He'll show up privately. He walks this earth today. And we want to be counted. We have to live high, church. The realm of the spirit is living high. Living in the realm of the natural is the lowest form of life that a believer can live in. That is where you're filled with the nausea of self-indulgence when things are going wrong because you're trying to medicate. You're trying to make yourself happy and you can't do it. And when you're depressed because your eyes are completely on what has changed around you and you don't know what it's going to look like necessarily all the time. But you don't have to know that realm. You need to know the realm of the spirit. You need to know heaven's realm and the days ahead for you to be so personally, intimately acquainted with the Holy Ghost. Now, let me tell you this. This is something else. This is the third thing that the Lord dropped in my spirit. I said he dropped it very quickly, three things. And I saw the book of Acts. I saw Acts 2. I saw the Holy Ghost descend like a ball of fire. He came roaring through the atmosphere and he lit up over their heads like tongues, cloven tongues of fire. That's what the word says. He is a fire and he is a flame. And the Lord said this to me. He said, how mighty is my spirit. How he is the all that you need. How he is the peace that I sent to earth. He will, he will console you, but he will also take you into places with me where you can honestly say, I didn't feel it. I was so busy gazing upon the Lord. It's like, it's like when they, Moses put the, put the serpent on the pole. Now I know it's different circumstances, but tremendous fear and devastation was happening all around them, all around them. And and there were serpents that were released and it was, it was a vicious environment. And they were told to look up, look up at Jesus on the pole because that's what he signified. And, and he was going to take their sins, but healing came. But they were delivered out of that. And this is our time. This is our time that no matter what happens around us, there is joy in the presence of the Lord and looking onto our savior that is, is held up between heaven and earth and he resurrected, but he was up on that cross. And now when he, when he resurrected, he didn't stay hardly any time, just enough time to point them to his spirit that would come. And how great and magnificent is this spirit that when 
This spirit came to live in the disciples. He turned them into preaching machines that healed the sick, that were benevolent, that were spiritual, that were so spiritual that others brought their sick out to the, the chance that their shadow might fall on them for both Peter and Paul. This, these are supernatural things, but it's for every believer. It's not just for the minister. It's for anybody that loves the Lord Jesus and has him living on the inside. We're all ministers. Yes. You understand? We're all ministers. Everywhere we go, we take with him. We take him with us and we go into all the earth. But you can't do it if you're not lit up from the inside. And the Lord said this to me. He said, yes, there has been an awareness of an infilling and a baptism enabling to speak in tongues. He said, but, he said, just as he came as a fire, he said, in these end days, that fire will be seen again. That fire that caused 3,000 people in one setting to want. It wasn't just words. It was anointed. His presence was there. And they wanted this God. They wanted to hear. They wanted to hear what Peter was saying. And it, it says that it struck them in their hearts and they turned to Jesus. So in the days ahead, this fire of the Holy Ghost is so going to come upon the church. It's so going to flow out of our bellies because we've been, everything that's been put in us is being geared toward this end days. And we are not to be afraid. We're not made to be afraid. We're made to act like Jesus. We're made that if, there's, if we're in circumstances and it looks like we're going down, we're the ones that we're peaceful in our spirit and from that place we get up and we speak and we know what to speak because we are so exercised in our spirit. We're so one with the Lord. We stop thinking of ministers and anointings as super, superwoman and superman. That's not what it is. It's the communion of the human spirit with the great Holy Ghost. That's what it is. And while we respect those that love God and we're grateful to stand in that company with them, it's all about the Holy Ghost. It's all about his purifying power. It's all about his instruction. It's all about his protection and his deliverance. It's all about communion and taking us before the Father. It's all about revealing the mysteries of heaven. And don't you know that in these last days, revelation is going to pour forth and the utterances of God is going to pour forth that the old men and the young men and the young women and the, and the old women that in sync we're going to pour forth the oracles of God. Don't you know that we are an open stream for God to come through and to visit this earth and we are going to participate in it? And that God said this to me. He said this to me. He said, you tell those that are sorrowing you tell those that are looking at the changing of their world, how it doesn't feel like the world that they grew up in. You tell those that are worried about their children, that feel sadness because their children are growing up in a world that they no longer recognize. He said, you tell them, don't worry about it. Soon you'll be with me. You'll step over and you won't have to worry about your children being robbed that they will step over with me. And he said, and then true life begins with, no, with nothing to pull you out of it. Now he said, if your eyes are on the natural realm, he said, you will feel like you're being robbed in this time. You will feel like nothing is the same. He said, but if you get your eyes on the realm of the spirit, you recognize that in a few short years, and church, it's a few short years, 
that we're going to be with him. And life continues. It just continues without the sin. It continues full of the glory of God in a way that we were born to live from the beginning. It was not supposed to be interrupted. That's where we're going. But if our eyes are on this realm and we're thinking about life as we know it, we're not focusing on we're about to step over. Do you understand that? And then before we do, we get to revel in the glory of God being poured out on earth. And you have to get your eyes on the Savior. Get your eyes on the King of Kings. Get your eyes on the one that's coming back on the horse with a sword on his thigh, King of Kings and Lord of Lords, who fights with you. Don't get your eyes on the circumstances around you. You don't have permission from the Holy Ghost to do that. It will still kill and destroy your life. And you will find that you will self-medicate. You will do anything to stop it because your eye gates are being poured into by the natural realm. And that will do nothing but instill fear and doubt and unbelief. But the job of the believers to fix our eyes on the one who's going to ride out these last years with us. And he is going to show himself strong on behalf of the church. And he is going to cause us to ride on the high places of the earth. And we are going to do exploits for our God. And our life will be consumed with his call. And life as we knew it is over. Thank you, Jesus. We put that behind us. We run now into the call that's been set before us. We run, and Lord, there's so much joy ahead, not just spiritual joy. There's so much joy ahead, even in the natural. There will be so much joy because the Bible says there will still be eating and drinking, giving and marriage. There's still going to be normal pursuits. It doesn't all just stop, but we are not born for that. We are born for another realm and we are on the cusp of it. And God in his great mercy allowed us to have a chosen fast. How gracious is our God? How gracious is he? And I'm so grateful it doesn't end Friday night. That our wineskins are still getting renewed. That he's still taking the old out of us and putting in the new. Because we need it. We need the new wine. We need the oil of the spirit. And we're going to have it. And this place will be called a glory center. And everybody will get out of the way. Everybody, all of us, so get out of the way. We just host him. We just host him and we step back and we let everybody see how amazing he is. And, of course, he'll show us how amazing he is. Glory to God. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word tonight, Lord. Thank you for that encouragement. Father, that was straight from heaven. You gave that to me, Lord, last night. I saw it. One, two, three. I saw the boat, and I saw you rebuking your disciples in a very kind way and stopping the storm and asking them that question, O ye of little faith, <laughs> why are you still of little faith? And Lord, I then it flashed from that, and I saw you doing the, the discourse, Lord, and telling your disciples about what would come up on the earth. And then it flashed from that, and I saw the Holy Ghost coming down from heaven as a ball of fire and a mighty roar from heaven and that we were to focus on him so that he could be to us what Jesus promised he would be, Lord, and that we would not hinder him, that we would want him, that we would live for him and that all of heaven could be opened up, Lord, on the inside of our spirit, man. Oh, my goodness, Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the victory in the days ahead, Lord. We're so in awe in awe of you. Thank you, Lord. 
Hallelujah. That when we go into the land, when we go into Egypt, that your mighty signs and wonders will be seen again, Lord, just like they were back with Moses. There will be a reversal, Lord, for the end of time. Those things that were done then, Lord, will be seen again. And Father, your power, Lord, will be seen in majesty. It wouldn't just be Old Testament patriarchs that got to see the sun stand still and things that awe us even today. But in the coming, the closing of these years, Lord God, ahead, there'll be so much joy for the church because we will see things, Lord, that we've only dreamed of seeing. And Lord, I know that I say that by the Spirit, and I thank you for it, Lord. Thank you, thank you mighty God. Thank you, mighty God. You are worthy of it all. Yes. We worship you. We're grateful to be a part of it. And so if our eyes have been looking down, we lift up our head because our redemption draws nigh. In Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. amen.